Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode and the soft launch of our brand new Market Scale show, Hash It Out. You'll notice things are a little different here. We're at a round table. We've got headphones on. We've got three beautiful people sitting at this round table with headphones on. And the vibe of the show is going to be a little more lax, a little more discussion based, a little more opinionated, hot takey. Basically, all three of us are pitching you some hot stories in B2B. And what we're doing is we're laying out the context and then we're opening up discussion amongst each other to get to the core of what are the main points we need to take away from this, both just as people that are interested in some of this news, but also as B2B industry professionals. So let's go around the table and introduce everyone. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Who we got here on my right? I'm Tyler Kern. Hi, Tyler. Hi. <laughs> I am also at Market Scale, and I host stuff. You do host things. Yeah. You may recognize our faces from other content. Mm-hmm. And here on the left, you may not recognize this face as much. Who's this to my left? So, uh, my name is Taylor Bagley. Um, I produce these guys all the time. So, we are uh, you know, constantly in here in the studio, but I'm on the other side of the camera. However, not our first show together. That is true. Very true. If you are a legacy audience member, you may remember the olden days of a show called Morning Brew. And no, it's not uh, the, uh, uh, or, oh my gosh, no. Business Casual. (laughs) Business Casual was the name of our show. (laughs) Now, the reason I just said that and had a brain fart is because Morning Brew also has a show called Business Casual. And uh, RIP, that obviously can't work to have two business-related shows with the same name and one company, uh, you know, immediately blew up and our uh, our show did not so we're relaunching we're refocusing and we're bringing you hash it out with the same essence but with a better development of topics and better name mm-hmm. hash it out we got to integrate like a hashtag thing eventually but love it you know, soft launch, right? All right, so we've got three core stories for you today. Each one of us picked out a story that we found interesting, and then again, we're going to open it up to discussion. For one of our stories, we'll also have a third-party guest to join us and offer some of their insights as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're going to start with Tyler's story here, which is on UPS and the supply chain. Tyler, kick us off with the context, and then we'll get to hashing it out. As much as this is a supply chain story. This is also just a larger retail trend story. So shares of UPS dropped as the company said second quarter domestic volume fell 2.9%. Ground deliveries, um, which composed largely, which are composed largely of e-commerce deliveries dropped 4% versus the year earlier. So this is 2021 versus 2020, right? Okay. Hmm. So ground deliveries, typically e-commerce, right. fell 4% year over year. So, okay, so those fell during 2020? Fell during 2021. I see. Okay, mm. so, so coming out of the pandemic. Coming out of the pandemic, 2020 was obviously up was pretty say, massively, okay. right? Yeah. And so, but the, the question becomes, is this a larger trend that uh, that we should be looking for? What does this mean for UPS? But also, what does this mean for e-commerce? So UPS CEO Carol Tome was talking to Jim Cramer on CNBC's Mad Money, and here's a clip of their conversation that I think is interesting. We'll listen to this, and then we'll, we'll react to it. Perfect. Is there still a sense that e-commerce is booming and UPS is a percentage of that? Or have we decided that somehow that world is slowing down and UPS is something you don't want to own? There's been a a permanent shift in how consumers are shopping and e-commerce sales are booming. But the rate of growth is not the same as it was last year when everyone was sheltering in place. Okay, so that question that I think Jim Cramer poses is really interesting. Has there been a permanent shift towards e-commerce? Mm. 
And if so, what does that mean for people like UPS? You know, I don't want to get into the stock price and that sort of thing, because in the end, that's what they end up discussing is, should people own your stock? They're like, <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't care about that. But That's not the vibe of this show, bro. Yeah. But, but it is interesting to me, the, com the conversation around the permanent shift for consumers that she mentioned and the current rate of growth. Obviously, last year was, you know, everyone was forced into delivery and using delivery quite as, you know, as much as possible, really. So mm. now that's not necessarily the case. And it, I think it's reasonable to expect people to go back into stores more often often mm. and for that rate of growth for shipping companies and e-commerce uh, as a result to uh, to drop to a certain extent so um that's not surprising but i i suppose the question that i want to ask is do you believe that there's truly been a permanent shift in consumer behavior towards delivery mm. you know i think it is going to be uh similar to some other conversations i've had on digital disruption i had a conversation yesterday on digital disruption in the toy and entertainment industry and you know i think it's really easy and also fun to be like wow this new technology is hitting this new digital platform x whatever transformation of a traditional aspect of our industry is hitting and it is going to be permanent is going to be the new normal but I think in reality, what we see is that most of these transformations, at least for a long time, end up coexisting in parallel mm -hmm. with traditional channels. And so even though I think e-commerce was accelerated by COVID, and there are numbers to back that up, I wish I had them top of mind, but I don't, alas, e-commerce sales grew, e-commerce frequency grew. I don't think that it's just like we have Amazonified mm -hmm. the world 100% and there's no use for the in-person store experience because I know, at least anecdotally, have been going out of my way since things have opened up to mm -hmm. find new smaller stores to frequent for mm -hmm. things I like, whether that is memorabilia, clothes, shoes, that's also clothes. <laughs> You'll notice I only shop for a few things. But uh, yeah, it's, it's I think, going to be sort of a an existing parallel. And I mm -hmm. think those numbers dropping shouldn't be like a red alert. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it's actually probably as simple as you say it is. Um, I, I think even without the pandemic, let's say in a control group where that never happened, the adoption of e-commerce is going to be an inevitability for a lot of markets, for a lot of products, for a lot of things. And I think that what the pandemic did is rapidly increase the rate of those late adopters to just go ahead and finally make the move to buy those certain things that, quite frankly, are just easier to buy online. There are certain things for me where I just know if it's something I'm going to buy regularly and consistently and I don't need to go and try it on and figure it out or you know tangibly interact with it before my purchase, it's coming from online. So... Um, I think that anybody who was maybe on the fence about that or kind of a late adopter is going to adopt those things. That being said, I think last year we would we were ordering things and, and, and purchasing things that, quite frankly, we probably wouldn't purchase online even if we were one of those adopted users of delivery platforms or Amazon or whatever the case may be. So True. now that percentage of the things that we were ordering and otherwise wouldn't are now going back to the store. So we're seeing a, a, a swing a little bit back that direction but absolutely e-commerce is a no-brainer pandemic or not i think it just accelerated the adoption of those late those late adopters so quick answer to a quick question um is the four percent drop just a result of things going back to normal in post-pandemic life or is it a result of e-commerce slowing just on its own mm. i think the, that four percent is the 
amount of items we would have not otherwise ordered online that we just did because we were sheltering in place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have something large, for instance, that I'm trying to purchase right now, which is like a big toolbox desk workstation setup. Nice. I was looking at purchasing one of those online. It is going to benefit me a lot to go in perts and, and see those things. I yeah. think that those are the types of, but last year, however, I built my computer desk set up and ordered it online and had it delivered to me. Right. So those are the things I'm saying that I, I wouldn't have ordered or purchased without having needed to. So, Fair. So I think that's really where a lot of that 4% goes in yeah, and I wonder if there's also some ramifications from general supply chain disruptions that, like, people... So, for example, I, uh, per usual, uh, moving into a new apartment, decided to do all my furniture shopping the day before I move into my apartment. So, yeah, you know, very, very wise. And so I go to rooms to go, I order stuff, and everything I liked is two months back-ordered. Um, and they said, yeah, things are just slow still, uh, you know, we're struggling to get things shipped. And also they just like, whatever, stopped producing this random sofa for a while. And so I think maybe there is some level of maybe people are, um, interfacing with e-commerce in disappointing ways for things that they could also get in store mm -hmm. and just kind of realizing, well, maybe COVID didn't actually make it so that now I have to do everything online, mm -hmm. but it just gave people maybe more comfortability maneuvering e-commerce to identify what they actually do want to shop online for permanently versus what they want to go back to their typical routine. Because I think there is something nice sort of therapeutic about shopping you know we're this is a consumer society we're sort of conditioned to enjoy that process i, I think even mm -hmm. you know for something and so i think people uh like that i think they will continue to do that and i really think it's going to be influenced by the supply chain as well how fast can you get those things versus like will you just take the risk of going to the store to see if it's there or not right which i think sometimes for some people is worth the energy more than let me peruse online. Let me see if I'm going to order it. Oh, I just noticed shipping is extra, extra because of the supply chain. Oh, I just ordered this is, you know, I just realized this order is three months back order, right. right? That's an inconvenience. I think people may just figure out how to get that thing in store. I don't yeah. know. So yeah. what are your thoughts, Tyler? So part of me wonders if there won't be some kind of response that pushes people or kind of turns people a, a little bit more away from e-commerce a little bit, mm -hmm. almost the same way that people, as they watch, you know, like uh, Disney shows like Loki or whatever that are released, mm -hmm. you know, on a weekly basis. And they're like, Oh, I like, I like this, like the progressive, you know, release of these things. And it's like, that's how all TV used yeah, right. to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, right. and, <laughs> And, uh, you know, like people find it fun to buy, you know, records of, you know, like a, an actual record to listen to. Yeah. And it's like, that's the way mu all music used to this be, guy. right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's funny that we have like these big shifts and these big change changes, you know, and uh, these big trends and we move away from something. And then it's almost as though we rediscover something and see it from yeah. a new perspective and see it in a new way. Um, it's like, it, oh, maybe we don't need to innovate our way out of this. This yeah. worked for a reason, yeah. or this had value for a reason, or the value evolves. Yeah, or like a, maybe when I'm buying a candle, I want to actually smell it before I buy it. You know, or 100%. Whatever. Yeah. Like a, I, th I think that there will be a newfound enjoyment of actually going to brick-and-mortar stores and 
the the magic of that to a certain extent that had previously been uh, a little bit lost as we kind of got swept up in an e-commerce boom. I think in a fully post-COVID world, returns a little bit and we see maybe a little bit of a resurgence of brick and mortars uh to a certain extent that's that's my prediction and so that's where i want to take us now is to prediction time so in your mind will the 2021 holiday e-commerce numbers surpass the numbers from 2020 yes Mm. or no oh my um I mean, the numbers were pretty popping from what I remember. 2020 was like record setting for e-commerce. I'm going to say no, just because, like I said, as as much as there's an easy adoption for it and getting an Xbox or if you could get an Xbox, um, buying it online versus buying it in a store is very minimal difference for most people other than just having it in hand. So, but that being said, um, there's a lot to say about physically not being allowed into a store for an entire year you know so that while that is now no longer the case for most of us and capacities are back at you know a regular amount um it it just wouldn't be feasible to say that that we would go back to to those numbers so how about this holiday 2020 spending for e-commerce was up 32 percent over 2019 2021 is above or below 2019 numbers? Ooh, I think we'll be above those. I'm going to say below. I think we're, oh uh, yeah, you think we're going to swing <laughs> oh back God. hard, the huh? Stress. We're going to go Where back. Where do I go? I do. We're going back. I do. Are you going to agree with mommy or daddy? <laughs> um, this hard. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, probably slightly above. I think I might have to agree with Taylor. I because think we'll be north of 20 above. I just I I think even though the 2020 anomaly will not be seen permanently, I still think enough people like were brought into some consistency with e-commerce where they weren't before uh, in some aspect of their lives, mm. whether that is something essential or whether that is like frivolous hobby spending, they transitioned to online and maybe found something they like. For me, it was clothes. I buy a ton of clothes now online through mm. apps like Depop, Grailed, Poshmark. I used to not do that during the pandemic or uh, before the pandemic, excuse me. And I won't be transitioning away from that because I enjoy those communities now, right? right. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe there will be those domino effects that continue pushing it a little higher than 2019 but will it be 30 something percent higher permanently no i I don't think so you both hate me and you both disagree with me exactly it's fine (laughs) uh well i hope you enjoyed your last show of hash it out ever (laughs) all right that's it for that one